Blog Talk Radio. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. Winging it. I'm winging it in motel. Winging it. Like, no kidding, just as this show went live, uh, Boston scored a goal to, to go up on Philly 2-1. to one. So, um, Motherfucker. Yeah, we'll call that one the, the curse of, of Jeff not being here. <laughs> so, he listened carefully but in, uh, in, in other good news, uh, Montreal and Toronto did not go to overtime, so we do not have to start the season in last place uh, before we even played a game. Um, but let's go ahead and get started. Uh, tonight on the show, we've got uh, Kyle. Kyle, how are you? Say hi. Hi. I'm pretty good. How about you? I'm having a pretty fantastic night so far. Uh, we've got Graham. Good. Graham, how's how's the brood? They are uh, probably asleep, I hope. So <laughs> Beautiful. I really Excellent. don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, as long as they're not plotting or stealing or... You know, they're, doing they're other. Not, they're not bothering me right now, so I guess that's that's but me, that that's makes it a good evening. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then to uh, to round out the cast, we've got our new uh, intern slash producer slash uh, person whose job it is to make sure we don't suck at this anymore. Uh, we've got Maria with us. <laughs> Maria, say hi to your, up, your adoring audience. Oh, yay! Hi. I'm happy to good. We're fifty. Yeah. We're fifty percent Canadian today. I know. See, that's right. Now this, it's a it's a hockey podcast that actually has some legitimacy now that we have another Canadian on it. Oh, right. <laughs> sure, whatever. Roger, <laughs> no, we were in the staging area a little bit early while we while the Montreal Toronto game was going on, and um, I'm getting the the feed from Canada, and Maria's like, "Oh yeah, the Leafs." scored a goal and five seconds later it happened for me so it was, it was just like watching Twitter <laughs> during the shootout yeah so move to Canada there you go yeah no. Canada up in the, the future up there alright well maybe the, oh, that may be the only time Canada's ahead of the US in anything <laughs> <laughs> at least you realize anyway I was just happy it was, it was an HGP okay. in, in the states we don't really get those for Canadian games. Right. Okay. So Boston just won. So they will be um, tired and tired, overconfident hopefully. tomorrow. Yep, they're due they for a long Yeah, it's <laughs> unsustainable success so far. They can't keep this pace up. Yeah, they'll regress. They'll regress <laughs> tomorrow. Oh, man. Oh, man. Now I'm going to switch over to San Jose versus L.A. Ugh. Yeah, that's not too bad. Uh, at least I took the the C away from that awful chicken-hearted Joe Thornton. 
Uh, when they gave him back an A. I can't believe they didn't <laughs> give John Scott a letter. That's just awful. <laughs> it was just what a really, what a Twitter would have just erupted into just a cyclone of horse shit. It would have been awesome. I know, right? We need, we need more horseshit cyclones on Twitter nowadays. <laughs> we really do. Well, now that's Speaking now the hockey season has started, hopefully that's what we're looking at. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to a good one later in the episode, uh, provided we follow the outline for down to the T. Uh, tonight's outline brought to you by Kyle. By the way, Jeff used to write these. Uh, he was awful. We fired him for that. So we got Kyle to do it. Um, <laughs> I think that we're just about through the, the intro. I always talk so much shit on Jeff when he's not here. That's okay. He does the same. He would do the same to us. That's true, yeah. By now, he probably would have just booted Maria off the podcast because you know how he is. Yeah, probably. Okay, so I think that we. Yeah, Jeff just just kills me every single time I'm on this, so. So I think we're 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 good on the intro. So let's get straight to the the thoughts on the roster. What uh, what do you guys think about? the people that we're putting out for game one, because it looks like uh, Nestrosol is going to be in the lineup, and it looks like uh, either Kindle or Lashoff, pending some last-day trade, is, is going to be uh, skating next to Kyle Quincy and, on the third pair. Well, um, the way I look at it is, well, we don't know the lineup yet, obviously, but uh, I am so happy that at this point, like, Kyle Quincy being on the third pair is huge to me because god damn it he is not a, a, a you know like a top four guy at all and I think that having him on that third pair even if it is with Lashoff or Kindle I like that a lot better than I like Kindle and Lashoff on third pair that's for damn sure um, I think the Kaiser and Smith that's I think that's money on a second pair um, and uh and, that's, uh, and then, obviously, you know, Cromwell and Erickson, it is what it is. It's good. Is it a top pair? Is it a is it top pair caliber? Personally, I don't think so, but, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into that right now. But um, I'm blown away by Nestor. So, like, something like Babcock sees something in him, apparently. I mean, I know he's only here because that suit is out. But, you know, I mean, he's getting time. And you know, over White and, and Cleary. I mean, that's not hard to do. I think you could fucking put a mop up there, and you'd probably do better than what they did in preseason. But um, I thought White was terrible in the preseason. Cleary was good in camp, and just you know, obviously, just clear good old Cleary in uh, in preseason. Nestrosil, um, he was uh, he was he was. He was great, you know, and he just came out of nowhere. Um, I don't know. I, can't, I don't have his stats in front of me, but I think he had what he had. Like, did he have two or did he have three goals? I don't know, but it was he two goals. Really well, two goals. Okay, um, and he, I think they were were they both power play goals? I don't remember on the first one. I, I remember the first one was he had that uh, that backhand from right in front of the net. And it was. Uh, is, yeah, that was a really pretty one. And then I do, I specifically remember the the pass from DeKaiser that he tipped in from the slot mm-hmm. uh, on that power play. Right. That, was, uh, that yeah. was pretty. That was probably one of my favorite plays of the entire preseason. Like DeKaiser, just God, I hope he sees more time on the power play because he has so much potential to to kick that offensive side of his game up. Um, and it's just I don't know. It's a 
That's good shit right there. That was a beautiful play. But uh, Nasty, uh, that's big, you know. That's a, that like people are kind of like under like they're not really. This is so different, like from the Red Wings. Like, like this is like think about it. In our starting lineup, we have one complete like true rookie who has never played an NHL regular season game, and then we have what game one or the first game of the season we have Nyquist and Tatar in the lineup. And Sheehan, this isn't like, you know, I mean, I know there's a lot of negativity floating around about the defense or what have you, but, you know, I sat down and I thought about it today, and I'm like, wow, this is, uh, this is different, and it's satisfying to me. Yeah, I saw it all over the place. Uh, our own uh, winged octopus was tweeting about it. Uh, basically said last year on our starting lineup, we had Todd Bertuzzi, Michael Samuelson, and Corey Emerton. And yeah. This year, it's it just seems way different. I mean, we've got we've got non-scoring grinders in the lineup tomorrow um, in Anderson, Glenn Denning, and Miller. But that's that's the only line that's that's supposed to be like that. Our third line has Gustav Nyquist on it. So uh, yeah, I'm right. Right. well, tentatively, yeah. I mean, we don't we don't know yet, you know. Right. Based on uh, yeah, I'm going off uh, the practice lines that Con and them agreed. Actually, Con's. Practice update page right, right. now. That's, that's that's got all that, and it's got the Kaiser on the back end on the second power play unit. Um, so it's it's promising, but yeah, we don't know what'll happen. I uh, I'm just kind of so weirded out by how Nestrosil's in the lineup that I don't know what to to think about that. What are your thoughts? I know Graham? it's like it. Yeah. Go ahead, Graham. Oh um, no, it's it's. It's weird. It, I, I mean, it makes perfect sense that he made the team out of camp because he's Datsuk's replacement, which is great. It, um, you know, I think there was a lot of thought that maybe it would be somebody like Polkin in or you keep one of the defensemen up. But you know, Nestor will earn the spot, so he gets the, so he gets to stay up. And the fact that he's probably going to play tomorrow—that's like Kyle said. That's that's such a 180 from the last couple of years. Um, I said in in our uh, on the site yesterday that I think one thing that gets overlooked, Thomas Yerko is still up with the Red Wings too. So he right, he, yeah. had, he had the waiver status. He easily could have been sent down and everybody would have been upset but you could at least understand it because you know, hey, they can send him down. They're not going to lose him. And uh, they, they kept him up too. So it makes you wonder what's going to happen once that suit comes back. But for right now right. they've got the Tatar and it's, it's, I don't know if you guys saw it on um Saturday, uh, apparently it's Riley Shane. That's how he wants his last name to be pronounced. Is Shane? I did not know that. Yeah, okay. Shane. So, Good to know. Yeah, it was it was on the NHL Network um, intermission. So, for all you kids out there listening, apparently it's Riley Shane. But they're going to have right. Tatar Shane. It's like fucking grapes right now. Yeah. Right. Uh, but they'll have all you kids out there watching. All you kids out there, keep your heads up. Beauty. <laughs> I did a thumbs up. You couldn't see it. It's radio. Um, <laughs> but they'll have that third line. That's set up. Um, I honestly think I'd put Weiss in the lineup probably at the expense of Glenn Denning, but that's, that's me. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, Here's the – yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I, I don't know. I – I think you can never have enough skill in the lineup, and I think the Red Wings have players who can, you know, who can kill right. penalties and play the role. Glenn Denning, whatever that is, what it is. But um, 
I, I'd actually like to see Weiss in the lineup early when you have Datsuk out, just simply just to, to get an idea as to what he can do. Um, because, yeah. it, you know, you can't uh, you can't bury him yet. He was injured all last year. You, you have to – you kind of owe it to him to give him a chance. He has to, you know, reciprocate and actually play well. But um, the fact that Cleary's sitting is, is – it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very it's satisfying. Fantastic. He did nothing to earn so, a spot on the so, team, so it's it, no. it's nice from the respect of you know they gave him the contract and whatever, but you know they all said hey he's going to have to earn a spot. Uh, coming out of camp, he he played. Meh. I don't know. I only saw two games of the preseason, so I don't know what he looked like earlier. But the two games I saw, he was literally invisible. One of them he might not have played in the actual game, so maybe that was it. But uh, in the other one, he he did nothing. So, mm-hmm. um, and then on the defense, yeah, Quincy on the third pair. I can dig that. I can. I can. I love it. I can handle that because on a third pair, you can shelter him. You can, you know, t- he he can he can be effective. He's not going to have to play against the other team's first or second line. Um, so. You know, it's a little bit of a, it's almost like a security blanket, a four and a half million dollar security blanket back there. But <laughs> you know, your second pair isn't making that much money, so you can kind of, in your mind at least, choose it. Like, hey, our second pairing I think makes less than our number five guy. But if that's, <laughs> right. a, re- but if that's a recognition that Kyle Quincy is not as good as DeKaiser and Smith, and they're understanding that and they're putting him where he should be, perfect. Right. I think uh, if you if you're, I mean, obviously. None of you were there for training camp, and and you all, you know, we only saw you know a sample size of preseason. But um, Glenn Denning was great in in training camp, and I thought like even though you know you know it is what it is, but I thought Glenn Denning looked better than Weiss in train in uh, in preseason, and he looked better in training camp as well. Um, I think uh, Glenn Denning is he's smart and he realizes and he knows and I think hopefully Babcock now knows. Hey, I probably shouldn't play this guy 16 minutes a night against Patrice Patrice Bergeron or you know because he had one good one apparently good game against Sidney Crosby that they won out of what I think is luck. But you know it, it was just it is what it is. Um, I think Glenn Denning is a is a better option as of right now. I think, and Weiss knows it too when he was talking to the press at training camp. He knows that he has to earn it back and, you know, it's a road to recovery for him. He's got to redeem himself somehow. And uh, I think sitting him a game, maybe two, maybe three, um, will will maybe hopefully light a fire under his ass or something. Um, I mean, it depends on how many Babs isn't planning on dressing him against a cupcake. It's like we don't want to start him against Boston. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Cause, I mean, and you don't want to, um, you know, the, the first part of the schedule is brutal for the Red Wings. Um, right. They play they play a lot of games in September, and they play a ton of games in November. Uh, at one point, I think they play the, pretty much the second half of November. They're playing every other night. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe he's still, even though he says he's healthy, I mean, it takes a long time to come back from something like that. And I think the, the part of that, too, is the fact of it wasn't just that he was injured last year. It was the circumstances of it, of hiding it and trying to come back and trying to play when he should have gone out way earlier than he did. Maybe there's a trust right. issue with him 
as well that the, the coaching staff was like, hey, you know, she kind of lied about it, so maybe we'll, we'll wait and see. And then decide. Yeah, here's a, another concept that and I don't want to find We'll just call it rampant speculation and, and terrible tinfoil hat time. Um, honestly, Stephen Weiss, I thought, in the, the preseason games that I saw early, looked like he was skating well, looked like he was moving well. Um, he looked like he was too good for his line mates. And then in the very last game, he looked like garbage. He took an extra second to get to the first step going. He didn't look like he had any speed. Uh, he looked confused and he looked tentative. Um, right. Honestly, would the organization want to hide it if Stephen Weiss has a sore groin right now? I wouldn't surprise me. I mean, <laughs> I would not surprise I, me at I all. absolutely uh, would not tell the fans. If Stephen Weiss had a sore groin right now, I would just sit him and say, oh, he's got to work his way back up. You know, he's he's still getting up to speed. And because the last thing that anybody wants to hear is Stephen Weiss and groin in the same sentence. And, yeah, for sure. Like, they don't they don't want people showing up with with torches and pitchforks. So, and I don't know. That's right. I have absolutely no basis for that other than the fact that in one game against a, a good NHL squad in preseason – uh, he looked way shittier than he had in the previous ones. I mean, he wasn't impressive in the other games either. Um, so I guess I'm kind of between uh, Kyle and Graham here in that if he's healthy, I would probably play, I'd probably put him in the roster. Um, maybe not yeah. above Glendening, maybe above Anderson. And that's the weird thing for me because I spent all summer long tooting the horn about how Anderson is better than Glendening. And then in preseason, I, I honestly I think Glendening was, was way better in the preseason. Yeah. I agree. He, he, he surprised me. I was also in the, you know, we call him Glenn around here. And uh, just, you know, I, I couldn't stand the guy. And, uh, you know, I watched a couple of those preseason games. And um, it, it's 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 hard to justify him not being in it, like, when you said, like, when you put him next to Anderson, honestly. So. Yeah. And I wasn't unimpressed with Anderson. But I was, like, actively impressed with Glenn Denning. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. And it's, so, I mean, it's yeah, one thing. On that. Well, like I said, it's it's one thing for him to play, you know, thirteen minutes a night as a fourth liner, and it's another for him to play nineteen minutes and be playing more than Zetterberg. You know, so, like that, right, that can't happen. Sure. And that can't happen consistently. If he's having a good game playing. Here's, here's a here's an interesting thought, and this is different. This is kind of a separate issue. If you're looking at if you're looking at it, like if you have like. JJ, I think, mentioned it earlier. If you have Nyquist on the third line, so where, where is Tatar or Yurko? So they have to fall in somewhere else. Um, are they playing top six minutes? I think Nyquist ends up on that second line um, with uh, Helm and Franzen, which is fine with me. Um do I think Helm is a serviceable second line center? No, but I mean, you know, you got that too, so it is what it is. But um, you know, if he is on the third line, that means someone else is getting time up on up in the sixth, or I mean, up in the top, you know, up in the top six forwards. So, and you know, it's a lot to think about, you know. And obviously, all we can do is kind of sit on our hands and wait, but. Um, I think I'd be cool with either Tatar, Nyquist, or Yurko even getting those top six minutes. So um, that's something to think about as well going forward, you know, until we see the lineup tomorrow whenever that gets released. 
I almost wonder if there's if, if we're even I guess putting too much stock into a first, second, or third line. I mean, if you if you look at yeah. the at the three lines that the Red Wings can now trot out, if this is if this is the roster going forward, and you know maybe the only changes are you know Nastrasel on the on the fourth line because when Datsu comes back, he goes into on the what is called the top line. But you've you've got three legitimate scoring lines. Uh, you know, does it? I mean. I guess does it really matter whether we call Nyquist, you know, the line that he's on the third line or the second line in terms of that? I mean, in terms of uh, ice time, definitely makes a difference. But, you know, maybe they all start out playing roughly the same amount and then you kind of dictate right. based on game situation, who's playing well, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, that guy gets more minutes. So if there's a game where the kid line is playing really well and they're getting favorable matchups, play them you know, 17 minutes and give everybody a rest. The, the worst thing that happens is that Zetterberg and Datsu don't play 20 minutes a night and they get to actually rest and not put any wear and tear on yeah, for sure. their 30-year-old body. Yeah. So um, I, I honestly, I don't care where they decide to put Nyquist as long as they put him somewhere where he's going to be in a position to succeed, which they will. They're not going to stick him on the fourth line. Because the fourth line is not. Oh, yeah, for sure. We all know what that one is. Yeah, right. I think it's going to be one of the seasons where it just a game goes wrong and the Babcock blender just starts going. Uh, there's oh, so sure. many like yeah, opportunities to move everyone around the lineup, which I think is really exciting. So, um, I, yeah, I think that they've got to split the time and, you know, hopefully they'll find some, some chemistry within the lines. But I think it's exciting to have that uh, sort of movement within the lineup, within the top nine. Right. Yeah, I really absolutely. like the top nine flexibility. That's that's exactly yeah, it. Absolutely. So uh, back to the to the back end, uh, real quick, or or hell, not not real quick. We'll just spend the rest of the night on this. Um, you know, Wulek got sent down because he was waiver exempt. Um, I don't think that it's any big secret that the that Ken Holland was trying to get Wulek into the lineup for for opening night. He told yeah he told the press that. He likes having that depth, and you know what happens if we start getting injuries, and you know he doesn't want to have to lose any of that shit. But I, I don't think I think it's horseshit. I think it's an obvious that he's been trying to trade Kindle for a year, and that he's at least he's gun shy about. Fuck, I don't know. I don't know if it's the fact that he he doesn't want to just give up on a first round pick because it's basically the right. the fallacy of of the sunken cost that he just can't get away from. But. Anymore, I mean, Kendall is, is not a garbage defenseman. He should be able to get something. But at this point where the Red Wings are in their, their organizational uh, yeah, the timeline is that you could lose Kendall to waivers and it might actually be a good thing right now rather than having to bury you. Right. Uh, rather than having to eat $1.5 million uh, up on the cap while he's in Grand Rapids. So Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the writing was on the wall in Game 5. Last year against Boston, when you let put in the lineup, so when they, you know, I mean, I don't think there's any bigger uh, impression that you can get, or you know, the symbolism of you need to win in order for your season to continue, and you become a healthy scratch for a kid who's played five games in his life. I mean, if that doesn't send a message of of where you stand on the team, I don't know what will. Outside of them, just like, like just taking all your equipment away and making you skate, you know, go out on the ice and like with your sticks and that's it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, you know, Olympia sent down was, 
it was it was disappointing. Um, and then you read the you know the the article which we will talk about later too. But uh, you know then you read Holland's comments and and you know I get the idea that he's trying to trade Kindle and he's trying to get something for him and that's I mean that's great. But you know at the end of the day you still do have to run your hockey team in the here and now. And I you know there was the quote of um, you know coaches think about today, GMs look to the future. The fact is you would have a really, really hard time convincing me that the Red Wings are a better team with Jakob Kindle in the lineup versus Xavier Roulette. And I don't think that there are many okay. people who would disagree at this point, including the coaching staff. So I get what Holland's trying to do. I just think it it shouldn't matter at this point. If you're If that defenseman or that player is the best fit for your team in that moment, keep him up and play him. And, you know, if you've got all this organizational depth that you're touting at defense about these, you know, we heard all summer about these four guys that were so close. Well, if one of them comes up, that means you still got three more. And, I mean, if you lose three right. more NHL defensemen, you know, it's it, it, it happened last year and that, but last year was a freak year. That shouldn't happen at one time. So it shouldn't, it should not become an issue where you need to actually have four depth defensemen in the minors ready to be called up at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So what kind of value does, does Kindle even have anymore as, as far as trade value? I don't know. Like, here's the thing. Like, I don't think – like, I know he's I, – I believe that he's shopping him, and I'm sure that he's being very active with it, but I don't think he's going to be able to pull anything off because, I mean – it's too little, too late at this point. You trade, you're trading him literally at his like, rock bottom in his career at the most part. I mean, you know, um, here's the thing. It's like, do you feel more comfortable with him as, do you feel more comfortable, would it make more sense to wave Lash or put Lash off through waivers who is not going to get claimed? Um and had him sit in, in Grand Rapids while Roulette plays on a in, on a third you know on the third pair or wherever the hell he ends up, and have Kindle sit in you know in the sit in Cleary's cabana. I mean, I mean whatever you know it it is. I, I don't think he's going to be able to trade him because, I mean, sure you could try and convince someone to to trade up a uh, like a conditional draft pick or something, but. If it's, I don't think I don't think uh, Holland's going to take is going to bite the bullet like that. I don't think he's going to be like, oh yeah, I should probably just cut my losses and take the conditional draft pick for this idiot. Um, you know, I I just don't I don't see him pulling that. So, you know, that that's just my thought on it. Maybe it makes more sense to wave Lash off, put him through waivers, not going to get claimed, um, and then just take uh, you know just put put a line in there. Um, Here's what so, I keep worrying about I mean, with uh, with the concept of having Lashoff as the as the guy sent down and Kindle as the seventh D man. Lashoff is extremely comfortable being the seventh D man. He can sit up in the, yeah, the press yeah. box every night, get in, and he's just going to play his Lashoff game. Um, the thing that happened right. with with Kindle is at least partially, and I don't know how much of this is on his confidence, but I think if he's the number seven guy he would actually be worse playing that number seven role than, than Brian Lashoff would be. He would come in and he would just be garbage. Yeah. So if he's not yeah, playing semi-regularly, 
then, I mean, you got to get rid of him. And if, if talk, let him play in Grand Rapids and, and see if he can be a mentor to those kids or tear it the hell up and see if, if somebody wants to say, hey, we need a scoring defenseman and this this Kindle guy who's got NHL experience is, is kicking ass down in Grand Rapids, maybe we'll go ahead and take a flyer on him. Um, mm-hmm. So it's so weird that I would, I literally would rather have uh, Lashoff as our seventh defenseman than Kindle, even though I right. think Kindle is a better D-man than he is. Yeah, Although, absolutely. personally, I would be entirely okay with having uh, Woulette and Jensen as the number six and seven guys and mm-hmm. saying, oh, totally. basically, it's not going to be a, a true seventh uh, concept. Uh, you know, Jensen isn't going to only play every ten games or so. Uh, you guys are going to split time, and I'm going to use you based on what I think we need more of in that game, where it'll be Jensen's kind of uh, really creative puck moving or Roulette's, um I don't want to call him veteran experience, but that's kind of what he's what he's got over in Jensen, is that he's, he seems like he's way smarter. Um, yeah. He's a natural kind of thinker and a very calm player where I think Jensen brings uh, a little bit more energy and a little bit more creativity offensively. And, yeah, I think that we could use that from the third pair against different teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's just best-case scenario. I watched, I watched him play, and, like, just sat there, and I'm like, we have, why do we have a lash-off and a Kindle, you know? Like, it was yeah. it's as frustrating. As they're not but... together on the third pair, I think I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I just see what's going to happen so is that bad. they're, they're going to try to showcase Lash off for a trade, like they've, like I'm confident that they tried to do last year with, uh, with Samuelson. It's like oh, we'll get him in some games and see if it's going to help his trade value any, and it's just not going to work, and we're going to end up stuck with Lash off on the or with Kindle on the roster for freaking ever while Kenny works the phones trying to get somebody to give up a donut for him. Or yeah, he tries he packages him with something to get another defenseman. Which is what my theory is. I mean, that's my theory uh, is that he packages. My theory but, is that he packages him first with 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 like a center and and tries to get himself like an NHL proven defenseman. The problem yeah. is the the teams that would the teams that would have a defenseman to give up that the Wings would probably want probably don't want a Kindle. Right. Exactly. That's and that's that's Kenny's issue. My issue with Lashoff has never been with his play. It was the fact that he came up as a somewhat serviceable six guy because of injuries, and he didn't play right. terribly. And then they rewarded him with a three-year contract. It's like, yeah, he, he played he played good for half a year, and then they I think they gambled on Kendall after that playoff run that he had in um, twenty. 13. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. The shortened season. And he looked where he looked really strong at the end of the season and, and in the playoffs. And he was, he was phenomenal in those playoffs. Yeah. And I think they, they took a shot on him and, he, you know, they did what they did. And then he just completely took, you know, about 10 steps backwards in his development. It was like, Oh, okay. So that, so, so that end of the season in 2013, that was the fluke. Okay. Now we know. And that's <laughs> yeah. what the Wings were thinking is they thought, hey, you know, we've been waiting forever for him to develop. Oh, look, he finally shows this, you know, when we really need him. Great. Now he's going to be, you know, we'll pay him. And in the grand scheme, $2.4 is not that awful for a defenseman. Um, 
was a little more than he should get, but whatever. But I, I, I have no doubts that he will not be a Red Wing by Thanksgiving. I hope so. Um, And even worse, even worse than that, because I mean, we all agree that uh, Ouellette is better than Kindle and should be in the roster uh, because we are smart human beings. And um, (laughs) Mike Babcock agrees with us too. And he was apparently not happy with the fact that uh, he does not have Ouellette available on his roster right now. And that kind of created a little bit of a shitstorm yesterday um, where he was basically it it was reported that he got a little testy with the reporters, uh, talk about asking the questions, and he's like, I'm not the guy to ask about this. Um, Bob Duff wrote it up as though he he specifically said that Babcock threw Holland under the bus. Uh, We didn't get, like, full quotes on that, but I I wanted to say because he was on a – he got to answer that today in a on a report on uh, 105 with with Matt Derry that uh, after getting an entire day to deal with the shitstorm got to answer for it but uh, he, and he said that Bob Duff wasn't there so he doesn't know what he's talking about but we got we actually have that that clip uh, where he says where he says that so I'm gonna go ahead and play that right now. Like, I mean, if, so if you're making the call, is Xavier Ouellette Thursday night? Well, that's a great question, Nav. I don't have to answer that one, though. I just said I'd ask the other guy, and then I'll support everything he decided. Yeah, I mean, that sounds uh, a, a bit passive-aggressive, but I'm not exactly sure that it's it's as angry or as or as catty as, as I think the beat writers were, were making it out to sound. Um, what would you guys think of it, though? Here's the thing about Babcock, and I learned it. I learned it at training camp. He gets asked the same fucking question like 16 times in the same interview, and it it's mind-boggling to me. And um, Babcock is abrasive when it comes to that stuff. I, I it, it seems, and he, like I said earlier on Twitter, he is the kind of coach that will force you to ask better questions because he will give you an answer that you don't want to hear. So, um, and he was, I don't know how many times he was asked that question, you know, I mean, when every beat writer asked it, I apparently, um, in some way, shape, or form. So I don't blame the guy for being a little pissed off. You know, obviously he wanted him in the, in the lineup and, um, and he didn't get it. And then he was asked the question, you know, that many times, um, I don't, I think, and I believe the reports and the quotes saying, that, you know, when Babcock said that this happens every year, you know, it happened with Nyquist. Um, I believe it, you know, and, you know, I just, I don't want to say, like, if you would have asked me yesterday, I would have said it's all Ken Holland's fault and he's fucking everything up. But it's just like Ken Holland is doing what he needs, you know, Ken Holland is managing the team, you know, as a whole, as an organization. And, um, Babcock is managing the, the 23 men that he needs to dress, and uh, that's that. You know that's how it should be, and uh, they both have bad tendencies, like any GM or coach would have. And um, I think at times it just doesn't match up. You know, it's not all fucking, you know, pretty pink roses and bow ties. And you know, I think the the miscommunication with the beat writers and the diggers. Um, I think that just exacerbates the entire situation so much. And in turn, who gets the shit end of the stick? Oh, the fans. 
Um, and that's just my theory on it, you know. Um, I'm not a journalist or anything, but, you know, what if, if, if a coach is asked the same question a bunch of times in the same interview, you know, he's going to get a little irate, especially if he's already maybe mildly irate about it to begin with, you know. So he's mildly irate about the time is a standard for him. Exactly. You know, he's, he's <laughs> just that's just who he is, you know. I mean, people asked him like 6,000 questions about analytics, and he was so vocal, like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, and, and yet people just kept spewing it out, and it's just like, yeah, no shit, this guy is uh, vocally and abrasive towards everybody. It's just That's just who he is. Although I will say in defense of that, um, there are points where I don't give a shit whether or not my bag doesn't want to talk about something. Uh, I want it asked, and I... I want him to answer, especially yeah, with how Chloe's being about the the contract shit, because um, that came out. Um, and Graham, what did you think about? Did you see the uh, the 105 interview, or did you get a chance to listen to that or read into that? No, no, I I saw the well, I saw this and stuff yesterday, and you know I responded and then was scolded it was for great. having an opinion. It was a great but uh, <laughs> um, but uh, you know even but even if you read, like, did you hear that? You know he, uh, the actual audio, and yeah, it does not sound nearly as uh, as uh, as angry as the as the quotes made it out to be. Um, but you know, he had talked earlier. I, th- I think it was probably a different interview. But he was talking about, you know, he's given his two cents, and he's got one vote, and the other guy has two votes, and it's just like oh, he kind of made it a joke. But I mean, it was it was almost like he was saying, hey, you know. I've made it clear who I want, and Holland is probably going to over overrule me. So yeah, it was a little bit of setting up, but uh, I don't know. There's just there's just something about, and, and as they said, I, I I heard a little bit of the of the stuff where they said, uh, uh, you know, this isn't the first time they've disagreed about personnel and so on. And I thought, but you know what though, I I don't think I've ever seen it so public, and that's the concerning part for me that you've got. A coach who is, you know, very um, famously entering the last year of his contract. He's if he if he doesn't sign an extension, he's going to be sought by. I mean, there's not a team in the NHL right now that wouldn't trade coaches for Mike Babcock if they had an opportunity to do so. Um, and you know, he's talking in the media about there were there were players that he wants in the lineup, and his general manager basically said no. No, for whatever reason, and we don't yeah, know that's the a good point. they had, but but it's just yeah, for sure. If he, you know, if he had just said, you know, we're we're going with what we think is the best lineup right now, or it's just even some sort of garbage cliche, I probably could have accepted a little bit better. But for him to actually publicly disagree, even even if it was more subtle, and I don't think it was that subtle, um, that just I don't know, that just really made me kind of stop and think and go. They're not on the same page, and that's that's not good for the team at all. If they're not on the same page as to the players that should be on the ice right now, yeah, and that's a yeah for sure. I'm going to throw this one over to Maria because it's a good point that basically this year, um, regardless of how angry or, or catty it came out to be that uh, that he wanted Woulet in the, the lineup and he didn't get him, uh, he said today that la- last year he wanted. Uh, Nyquist in the lineup and didn't get him, but I don't remember him being like that last year. Do you remember anything like that, Maria? Or is this? Uh, do you agree with Graham about 
how it may be a hint that uh, that they're not on the same. They're pretty far away from being on the same page. Yeah, I I don't know if it's also the idea that he's constantly bombarded with the what what you know what's your contract situation with, and he's just in a different place because of that, or if it's actually in you know I I don't really know. It's it's so hard to do like to to sort of get in his head. He's sort of all over the place sometimes. So I I don't really know. I think I don't think they're in the same page, but I'm not sure if that means that um that he's planning to go. I I don't I I'm not I'm not really sure. Yeah, the mental games are are, are so incredibly tough. Um cuz like I he gave the interview today and it was almost too perfectly refreshing for me cuz it was uh essentially him saying the very most calming thing, like, yes, this happens every year. Uh, it's my job as the coach to want the instant gratification. Uh, I want the best players in the lineup, uh, future be damned, but it's his job to to manage the business of the team and care about uh, what's going on for the, for the long term. So, you know, we're going to disagree on this, and he's going to win, and it's kind of like it's uh, Kenny's job to, to win those disagreements because Kenny has a – a different set of standards. Mike Babcock is going to do what he's going to do. And he went on to say that uh, he doesn't know why people keep reading shit into it, that he loves to be there, that he wants to be there. But um, he's just so incredibly dodgy every time he's – and uh, credit to, to Derry, who who asked him a couple of different ways and a couple of different times, like, okay, why aren't you signed? Because that's the, the big question is, you want to be here so much, why haven't you signed the contract? And he's like, oh, well, you know, we just, it's a process, which – doesn't mean anything. So uh, I'm waiting for somebody to go to ask him. It's like, are you disagreeing on time? Is it money? And I, you know, he's not going to give a straight answer to that anyway, especially since he's made that proclamation that uh, starting tomorrow, he's just not talking about it at all. And that, that's that. Um, yeah. I don't know. It was, it was a refreshing interview, but I, I don't know that necessarily it's really changed anything, especially since he's had an entire day to prepare for it. Yeah, it's so weird because you read articles or see things on TV and it's like split. There's half the people that are like, oh, you know, he loves Detroit, like, you know, think they're going to come up something. And then there's like the side where like he's going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs coach. Um, because, I, you know, I I don't know if like, do you guys think that he would like knowing Babcock and how like what we know about him, that he would go to Toronto? Like, I see that as such a like, far-fetched option just because he just doesn't like to deal with media and all that attention it just i don't know it's a it's yeah that was the weird thing is that is when all the the toronto vultures keep talking they're they're about how you know there would be nothing greater for for him to win a a cup in toronto with the center of the hockey universe and it's like it's just never struck me as that would be important to mike babcock mm-hmm But I mean, what do I know? I'm not on the fan 590. Yeah, I mean, then you have you know all the people and like the have people are like, oh, he went to McGill, like whatever. Like it's all these like everyone sits there and creates all these crazy mm-hmm. things. It's it's really hard to even find a place. I don't even know where I stand and what I think he's gonna do. Well, I mean, that's that's the Toronto thing. Though. I mean, you know, the, the media there, um, they're so they they still talk about as if playing for the Leafs and coaching the Leafs is this 
you know, this dream come true for basically any Canadian person ever. And it's not anymore. You know, they they will still trump it up, the, you know, the, the kid coming home to play for the hometown team. It's like, you know, maybe, you know, 20 years ago, yeah, that was a big deal. But kids that grow up in that area, trust me, they don't always grow up as we fans. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't know. It's, Mike Babcock, I don't. I, I agree. I don't see him as the type that would think going to Toronto to win a cup and bring a cup to Toronto is that big a deal. I think he just wants to to win. I don't think he cares where he does it. Yeah, like he doesn't want to go to a shitty team, bottom line. I think, and I think that that's I, driving his Detroit decision as well. Like, you don't know if we're going to be a shitty team next year. Well, that's the thing, too. Is that, you know, yeah, I, and you know... Go ahead, Graham. Oh, I was just going to say, sorry, it's a if the idea is that he's going to take, he's going to build up this team and win a cup, why would he stay in Detroit and do it? Which is exactly what they're doing right now. Right. I here's my thought on it, and that's just how I feel about the whole situation with that contract. He's not worried, fucking worried about it. He said he he said it in the interview. He wants to be here. Kenny wants to be here. Whether that's bullshit or not, whatever. But if he's not worried about it. And I'm not fucking worried about it. So I'm just I'm worried about I'm worried about the team right now. I'm worried about getting the best players on the ice and doing whatever we got to do to make that happen. Yeah, honestly, I think we're at the point right now where he said I want to be here, and so right now it is literally if Mike Babcock does not re-sign with the Red Wings, uh, Ken Holland absolutely owes it to the fans to throw Mike Babcock the fuck under the bus and say, here's why he's yeah, not sure. with the Red Wings. Yeah. We, off, we backed a mm-hmm. truck up of money up to him, and he said, nah, that's not enough. Or he said he wanted to be uh, crowned as king and wanted uh, prima nocta on all of our, on all the players' girlfriends. So, <laughs> I mean, you've got, you've got to do that. It's, it's, the, it's the organizational way. The if he leaves, the, they don't owe him anything. They oh, thanks for doing this, Mike, but uh, you fucked us. You said you wanted to be here, and then these are exactly the reasons why you're not. Uh, that's what the fans are, are going to want, and we'll we'll happily accept Lashell next year with that. Um, but yeah, I honestly, no matter how much I like and respect the guy, I want Badcock destroyed if he's with with somebody else next year. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, think about this too. If Badcock leaves. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be like uh, if there's not, if none of that happens, people aren't going to be saying, "Oh, fuck that guy." Where who does he think he is? People are going to be like, "What the fuck, Holland? What did you do? Why couldn't you keep him?" Yeah, so exactly. For, for, so he'd have to almost do that. I mean, he does just for self-preservation. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think know. about the idea of like if Babcock signs a contract for five years, who are you prepared to see? Go first. Like, would you be more prepared to see Babcock go or Holland go if there had to be a change between them? One well, or two has to go. I'd, I'd obviously want Holland gone before Babcock. Um, Holland, yeah. Just because, yeah. I, yeah, just because I think Babcock's one of the best coaches, but like any other coach, he has bad tendencies. He makes bad calls. Everybody does. Um, and I think that Holland doesn't make the right steps to, I mean, you know, I don't know what happens behind closed doors. I mean, shit, whatever. We never will know um, with the way the organization is. Um, 
it, it, I don't know what happened, but I think that he has bad tendencies, like any good coach or any bad coach does. Um, you know, obviously with the Glenn Denning playing 17 minutes a night, whatever. Um, it, it, it is what it is, and I think that Holland is failing to kind of jerk the, the leash at times. If that makes any sense, I don't know if he. Like I said, I don't know if that happened behind closed doors, but I don't. You know, I, I would like to hear some, some report of Ken Holland going to Babcock and saying, "Hey, uh, Glenn Denning sucks, so stop doing that," or something. <laughs> and, you know, obviously not verbatim, but you know, whatever. Or hey, uh, you know, this. Justin Abelkader is really um, bad on the top line, so stop doing that or something like that. But, hey, what do I know? I'm not a, yeah, if, I'm just if, a fucking shit heel fan. So. If push comes to shove, I think the the main difference that makes me say I would rather keep Babcock than Holland around um, is literally just that I think that Mike Babcock is a more flexible coach than Ken Holland is a flexible GM. Um, mm-hmm. I sure. think that if you mm-hmm. give Mike mm-hmm. Babcock an overly aggressive or maybe even a stupid GM, Mike Babcock is better equipped to make the best of it than if you give Ken Holland mm-hmm. a stupid coach um, or uh, an overly aggressive coach to, to deal with that. Like I think that a, a GM would have a lot to learn from Babcock, uh, and he would end up being able to do to do better than I think that a, a coach would be able to learn from Holland. So. Uh, yeah, for I love, sure. I love Kenny. I, I'm really super thankful for all he's done. But yeah, if if it comes down to it, I, I, I'd dump Kenny in a heartbeat. And honestly, mm-hmm. uh, as far as yeah. the the front office goes, um, I think I'm kind of at the point where Holland is around for three more years. I'd like Babcock around for three more years, and then I think just make everything fresh all at the same time. Get Ryan Martin in yeah, there as sure. the, the GM, and then let Blashill take over. Yeah, I mean it. it it doesn't help Holland's case that two people who came up in his organization and kind of learned from him are now leading successful teams as general managers and mm-hmm. Nell and Eisman. Yeah. So I almost wonder if Holland has hit just, I wonder if he's just hit his expiration date. Cause I, I believe that all sports executives that are in a position of either coach or general manager have a limited shelf life. And there just comes a point where it's just, that's it. They're done. And I wonder if Holland is just about there, um, you know, because uh, how many other general managers have been general managers of their team for as long as Holland has been in Detroit? Yeah. Lamorello. Right, for sure. Hoyle's um, been the – he's been the general manager for I don't know how long in Nashville. But I was, was thinking about this the other day. Long, long time, yeah. I can't, I can't think of another general manager off the top of my head that has been – the GM of their team for over 10 years. <clears throat> right, definitely. I think, uh, so, hey, maybe you know, now that the Tigers are terrible and, and their window is closing, uh, we'll get some more concentration <laughs> on the Red Wings. Uh, Probably not. <laughs> Damn it, Kyle. I'm just kidding. That's, I'm sorry. Whatever. Fuck it. If you have to live in pain, I have to live in pain. Or if I have to live in pain, you have to live in pain. Whatever. One of those. <laughs> Or I could just remind you, I'm not a Tigers fan. I don't care. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're a Royals fan. (laughs) Uh, I am. Um, I'm such an awful baseball fan. (laughs) Now you are, right? 
I I am right now, and I didn't want to be. I remember I uh, the very like during their play-in game against the A's. Like I, I started that day saying that I think the A's deserve it more. I was I was rooting for Oakland, and I got like two innings into that game. I was like, no, I can't do this. I I want the Royals to win. They're they're just more fun. That was one of the so, best games. I I know it's we're talking hockey, but that that play-in game was amazing. So yeah, the A's Royals it. one it was such a great game. And as a sports fan, I yeah. Well, I was just say I just I, I'm a Blue Jay fan, so I I I really have no memories to what playoff baseball is like. <laughs> as a, a generalized sports sports fan comment, what the Royals are doing this year, and what the Pirates did, and what the the A's did, it's it's so shitty because it's fun to watch, but you know that they're basically they're going to sell that team off. And they're going to go back to sucking until they can go until they can get another collection of of young kids who are all hitting at the right time. And I kind of hate that in in sports. Like I don't I don't like the intentional underdog. I don't mind rooting for an underdog, but it's like the whole like for so long the Royals only were were concerned with making money. And the only reason I think that they went for a playoff run is that. They got lucky enough, like, hey, we might as well because we can make more money doing it like this. So I kind of hate that about myself that I'm rooting for the Royals because I I don't like their concept of how they run their team. And tying it back to hockey, if the Red Wings ever do that, um, I might absolutely jump off the bandwagon for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if they whatever. turn themselves into okay, what the Avalanche is. Let's, let's move on to the next subject. I'm sorry if you hear the dog squeaking a toy. I'm trying to get it away from him. He's being an asshole. I was wondering what that was. I don't know if it was a squeak toy or if there was like an old rusty bed behind you that somebody was it's doing a it gi- on. No, it's a gigantic, <laughs> like, it, it's a, it looks like a big green dildo. It's actually pretty funny. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, is it one of those Kong toys? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah those things are uh, he loves it. challenged. I, mean, I can't see them in my house. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Anyways. Speaking of big, giant, green dongs, you want to talk about Dater for a bit? Mm. Oh, baby. <laughs> let's, let's just... Let's finish... Let's take it to 11 or 12 or something. Whatever. Let's... Yeah. Fuck that guy. What a piece of shit. First of all, it sucks that he didn't get fired. Because if if there was any other job, they fire you immediately. Like, you can't do that. Without a doubt, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it sucks. He actually should have been fired, but hey. And I, I mean, you just gotta love the the uh, that he emailed Specter, who is another writer and uh. who is very prominent on Twitter, and responds with that last line, you know, with the sign of uh. "fuck off." It's like, I mean, you know, the the whatever. Dater is is very clearly a guy who holds grudges. I mean, if you read anything that he's ever said about. Bertuzzi, I mean, it's, you know, he's just, he's the kind of sports writer that he wears his emotions and he's, you know, he wears his bias and that's whatever, but you just, you can't use language like that, like at all. And, and it wasn't even just like one tweet that, you know, it was like where it's a spur of the moment kind of thing and you kind of lose it and just, and you go and you apologize for it and you just go, you know what, unprofessional, I'm sorry, take it back. He just like he went like just doubled down and just like yep this is what I feel and oh, oh it was so great 
Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I don't think that it was any like it was just a combination of all the factors. Not only did he say the terribly stupid, misguided, misogynist word, where coward would have been entirely perfect and would have been no problem. Call a guy mm-hmm. a coward, no problem. Uh, call a guy a woman is he's just such a shitty thing to do. But yeah, he could have gotten he could have gotten away from that. But then he like doubled down and started attacking other people on Twitter who uh, disagreed with him, and then. He tripled down on emailing Jesse Spector, uh, basically saying that, you know, you're only doing this because, uh, you know, you're trying to be a hero in front of your PC buddies, um, and then signing off with fuck off. It's like, it's just a snowball of shit that, that all rolled together to get him to where he is now. And honestly, I, I know that uh, we're not exactly the cleanest mouth people here, but I will say we're not misogynists, which is... Mm-hmm. Uh, what yeah, you're supposed to be like. And it so actually that's, reminded that's me of something fun. he said to me once. Um, so he, I, I once made fun of him because he used to use that like Sulia or Sulia, whatever that was called, to just make money of hits. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah. So I he would Sulia. like mm-hmm. thank yeah. you to that site, and it was just a link to the newspaper he writes for. So it's just like a bridge, so he would make money of it. Um, so I made fun of him, and he followed me, and it was really weird. Um, and uh, it was, I can't remember. He said something stupid. He always does. Uh, and so I, like, on like publicly on Twitter, was like, you're wrong, and whatever. And he sent me a direct message saying, I won't fight with you because you're a girl. Uh, and so I was like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, you know, or just having a hockey argument. He's like, no, you're a girl. Like, I will not argue with you. Uh, it, it, so it doesn't surprise me. Like it, he says stuff like this all of the time, and I'm surprised that it took him this long to sort of say it to someone that was going to stand up and you know put him on the spot. So uh, it's it's hilarious, and he's, he's fucking awful. Yeah, and that's the thing where I just don't have any kind of concern for him because he's been he's held himself to a standard that he uh, failed to uphold for himself, and that's that's the really shitty thing. I remember. And I, I went looking for it today, and I couldn't find it because um, apparently my Twitter archive didn't go back far enough, and, and Dater at one point had deleted his Twitter, um, which is mm-hmm. funny because the the story in which he says, you know, goodbye, Twitter, uh, has since been deleted from uh, from the Internet. There's just a reference to it. So that's hilarious. He deleted his Twitter, right. and then he deleted the, the record that he'd ever done that. But back before then, at some point, he was... Uh, furious with with Chief over at A2Y about Chief being himself. <laughs> and he went on this like huge Twitter <laughs> rant at Paul Kukla about how terrible it's making Paul Kukla look that he gives Chief a, a place to say these terrible things and and how it it reflects poorly on, on everybody and that he's a professional the data is a, I'm a professional journalist and I don't stand for this and my employer wouldn't stand for the kind of shit that you're letting Chief get away with. Hey, that was five years ago, but still, that's exactly what he fucking did. So it's it's hilarious to me. So yeah, he absolutely deserved it. And good, and uh, fuck him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck Sorry. him. Fuck the abs. Yeah, fuck him. Whatever. I'm not. I don't feel bad that they they suspended him without pay. Fuck that. Who cares? He deserved it. You know, if I said shit like that at, at my in my place of work. Um, uh, I'd get fucking fired, uh, mm-hmm. you know, without severance or anything like that. So whatever. 
I hope he no. does it again so he gets terminated. Exactly. Because he won't yeah, he learn can... from it. So that is. Whatever. It's not like he can't make a living. I mean, he's always a. He'd be a great Macklemore impersonator. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, we should talk more about the Red Wings while while we're on this. Fuck yeah! Right. Ugh. What's left? Are you guys excited about the season opener tomorrow? I mean, you should, we should be. You have to be right. I'm gonna be there, so I'm probably gonna be drunk, and I'm probably yeah gonna be really excited. Even if we lose, I'll probably still whatever. I, I am super yeah. excited. <laughs> I am too. very excited. I recently learned. Sorry, I recently learned they sell uh, daiquiris at the Joe, and so I'm I'm really excited about that. They do the grenades of them, like the big ass bottles, or the big ass like things, the big spendy straws. That's that's fantastic. Because at the sell them, they have. They have beers, but, like, these beers make you – they call them heroin beers, and you just, you know, fall down the stairs. Like, you're completely destroyed. And so I think a daiquiri nice. would be a nice change. That would be my plan for whenever I get up to the Joe for a game mm-hmm. this year. Uh, I want to get bombed mm-hmm. on daiquiris. Yeah, I, that's what I'm, I'm hoping to hope, – if they make the playoffs, I want to go to the first round. But you and me both, uh, JJ, if you, when, when you come up, and hopefully Graham comes up too, and we'll just fucking just like we're 16 years old. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, we'll just be the daiquiri. We'll just be all the guys up there. <laughs> we'll start a let's go daiquiris chant. Oh my god, that's we'll just heaven. be the worst chant. <laughs> I love it. That's okay, fantastic. Some more Red Wing stuff, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Red Wings. Hopefully those other the daiquiri talk is riveting, but Red Wings. <laughs> They're going to win tomorrow, though, right? Uh, we, I mean, we talked about that at the very offset. Boston won tonight, so they are overconfident. They're uh, they're tired from having played. Um, they're due for a regression. So I'm going to predict. McQuaid uh, is a top pairing defenseman. We're going to eat them alive. They have. Uh, I hope so. I hope that just Thomas Tatar just jumps through Chara and McQuaid as they run into each other and just lifts the puck right over Tukaraf's ugly face and he watches it walk through him. Oh, I love. Who are you guys most excited to see? Because like I've I've obviously fell in love with Thomas Tatar and like ordered his jersey yeah. and you know can't wait to watch him play. Is there someone that you guys are really excited to watch this season? Riley Sheehan. I have, you know, I've, I've made it pretty vocal. I have a man crush on him. I love the way he plays, and I think he's got so much potential to be like just an ultra elite. Well, I don't want to like, I don't want to overspell the guy, but I just have a feeling he has that he has that that thing to be a, a total setup guy. And just, I, I am, I'm really excited about Riley. <clears throat> what are you, Graham? I mean. A whole full year of Nyquist is going to be awesome, but uh, I, you know I expect him to, you know, just score thirty goals. So, uh, ho hum. Um, a guy I am excited to watch, and this will sound really weird, and I'm basing this off of a hunch and a little bit of preseason I saw is Bronson. I don't know why that the 
couple games in the three preseason, the one game in preseason that I saw him, he looked phenomenal. So I don't know if he's healthy and he's going to play. I, I'm riding a hunch on this that he is going to have his best year ever this year. That's yeah, I hope you're right. That's shooting. fucking amazing. That's a guy who needs a big season, I think. I mean, they all need big seasons, but I think Bronson uh, more so just needs, like, he just needs, like, a 60-point season where he scores, like, 25, 30 goals and just, you know, and just plays out of his mind. I think he needs that again. You know, he had apparently just an unbelievable offseason and came into training camp and just was a beast. So, you know, I well, hope, he's, I'm with you on that. I hope he has a bounce back. I, look, we 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 make fun of Franz and we talk, you know, made fun of him being lazy, and we you know get upset with him because he's streaking and everything. But we do this with any any player we make fun of. I think it's pretty obvious we would not at all mind being wrong about that player. That player. Oh if, God, if no. Dan, like if Dan Cleary somehow gets in the lineup and scores twenty goals, we're not all going to be like, "Fuck, he shouldn't have been in the lineup." We're going to be like, "Hey, that's cool." You know, I'm, well, I don't mind. Goals. No, I don't it's mind. not cool. <laughs> I don't mind being wrong. I will be wrong. I predicted Dan Cleary will score 20 goals. It's, I am not anticipating getting that right. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's bold prediction. I so score I don't, from the press box. I don't know. I wonder if I said 20 goals for the wings. Hmm. I might be able to. Uh, <laughs> I might be able to. <laughs> already looking for shit. Might be a loophole there. But, um,. But I don't care. If he scored 20 goals, if he scored 50 goals, I would fucking, you know, I'll streak down my street butt naked yeah, if, in the middle of the day. If Dan Cleary scored more than 20 goals, I would pull my goddamn pants off and I would do a cartwheel through uh, all, all the entire length of Jefferson in downtown Detroit. Oh God, I, I don't know if I'd still do it, but I'd try at least. Yeah, you know this so is being recorded, right? <laughs> what? Uh-oh. <laughs> We're record, we're, we have this for posterity, just in case he, this actually happens. Son of a bitch. All right, well, hey, listen, <laughs> if he if he does it, it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth the humiliation. Except um, if he does it for a last place team, in which case, uh, maybe not so yeah. good. My player to be excited about, uh, this is just the year that I've decided, I'm just going to make amends for always underappreciating Henrik Zetterberg by uh, completely overappreciating him this year. I'm I'm all in on, on, on Hank this year. Oh, absolutely. I'm yeah. excited. He's healthy. If he's healthy, if they finally fixed his back, um, how, they didn't. How crazy is that, though, that he didn't get surgery until now? Yeah. Well, I'm a warrior. I'll speak from experience on this because my wife has had two, two. She's had that surgery twice in her life, and mm-hmm. um, she. I can tell you the, the surgery itself. She was able to function, and she's not a professional athlete, so you know her conditioning level prior to the surgery was not nearly what Henrik Zetterberg was, but she she could function and, and do things that she needed to do over the course of the day. But I'll tell you. When she had her surgery, and she came out of surgery, and he, you know, anesthesia wore off and everything, and they asked her her pain, her pain before the surgery was at an eight out of ten. Immediately after, it was at a four. That's how that is how right. quickly you feel relief from from the yeah. issue with the, with the back. So I have no doubts that Zetterberg felt immediate relief. He looked really sore at 
um, Lidstrom's retirement uh, when he came Oh, out. my gosh. But he was only a couple mm. of weeks after surgery. He's going to be right. walking pretty gingerly. But I have no – I mean, as long as there was no sort of re-injury or anything, he is probably going to be in the best shape he's been in in some time. So, yeah. All oh, right, so man. let's uh... – Let's pretend like we're going to do this every week and go ahead and, and bring back the the weekly predictions. Um, assuming we go again next Thursday, which probably isn't, or next Wednesday. No, they've got a game next Wednesday. We're definitely not doing it then. Uh, let's just go for the first three games. we got Boston tomorrow, Anaheim on Saturday, and then Boston again next Wednesday. Uh, how many points are we looking at out of, the, out of those six? Four. Four at home, too. We're looking at four. I think I think we got Boston twice. I think we're going to get them both times. I don't know why I got a hunch about that, just because fuck them. And then I think Anaheim's going to come in and uh, and give us a little uh, give us a little spanking um, because I don't want to admit it, but I think I think uh, I think Anaheim is pretty good. Um, they're uh, they've got a good team. Um, so I think they might come in and. Uh, smoke us out a little bit, but they do have a rough goalie situation, so who knows? And I think Jimmy Howard is going to have a career year this year. So, um, so I, I don't know. Fuck it. I'm six points. We're going to win all three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to say five. I'm going to say five. I'm going to say they're going to lose in the shootout to Anaheim. That's exactly what I was going to say, too. It was going to be a heat legal. I'm actually going. Yeah, and it's yeah. like a, it's an eleven man like shootout that's like the worst person you've imagined is going to score that. <laughs> Timo Solani is going to come out of retirement. <laughs> Fuck that! I don't want to see that idiot's face again. I don't. No, oh, I'm want so to happy he's gone. So Sorry. <laughs> um, I am going to predict four points, but the the two games that they lose, they're going to lose twice. But both of the games they're going to lose. We'll lose one in overtime, and we'll lose one in the shootout. Okay, but they're gonna beat they're gonna beat Boston in one of them, and then they're gonna lose to Anaheim in overtime, and they're gonna lose to Boston in the shootout. I could see that, yeah. Yeah. I think tomorrow is gonna be a four to one win. Oh, I hope so. God damn, would that be amazing? Man, we need a win. We need to win. We do. There's nothing more that this fan base needs right now is than hockey back and just a nice ass win against the Bruins. I agree. Yeah, it's all going to come yeah. down to the first period. Jimmy's going to have to spell them because uh, there, there's always that first like you played the the previous night boost that the teams get. So right. you got to outlast them in the first and then just uh, stomp on their necks in the third. And then I can just take that moral high ground and just hold it above Boston's head forever. Oh, you can do that anyway, but yeah. Well, a little bit first game Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Do do we think Detroit's making the playoffs? Yes. Are you kidding? Yeah. Babcock guaranteed it. Yeah. Yeah, he guaranteed it. He's like, mark us down. We're done. We're we're in. So. He knows hockey better than I do, so yeah, he, yeah, we're in. I've actually been collecting shit all week that uh, of people saying that they're not going to make it, and I'm going to have a big shit sandwich for all of them, especially 
defend New Big D because every single one of them said that Detroit misses the playoffs and more like a lot of them like somebody said they were gonna finish seventh in the the division, which fine, you know, you get one person who's an asshole like that, I don't care. But all of them vote us out, yeah. uh there are there are enemies. I thought that we were I thought that I was gonna like Boston. I was gonna like Detroit this yeah, I do like Detroit. I thought I was gonna like Dallas this season and uh no. Fuck them now. I like Dallas, but I'm so sick of hearing about it. Oh God. Same with Tampa Bay. I'm just fucking <laughs> over it. I hope I hope they just regress and just crash. Yes, just uh, fuck everyone else. <laughs> for and, sure. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for them to make the playoffs and just uh, jerk my invisible ticket, everyone. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm well, Aaron, well your boyfriend's again. a Red Wings fan now, so he can, he, can, he can do that, too. You know what? It's really terrible because we're going to have four games when I'm going to be mad at him no matter what. Every time right, then exactly. play Detroit, and uh, you know he like comes up behind me, and, and I'm like, no, fuck you, and it's, it's awful. I feel so sorry. For it. <laughs> Perfect, <laughs> I love it. That's great. Okay, so uh, how long? How long until Lou lets me uh, in the lineup? I'll go with uh, Grams by Thanksgiving, as far as uh, with okay. the always at Kindle. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> the real one. <laughs> oh, no, American going, for sure, because isn't that Monday? So, yeah. Thanksgiving American. is Monday, yeah. Yeah, American I'm Thanksgiving. Going, I'm, going with two, I'm, going with, I'm going with two weeks. I'm going to go we with both, Halloween. We could, we, could, we could all be right because, I mean, you, I basically did the $1 of, you know, prices right bidding by taking by Thanksgiving. So if it happens before then, I'm, I'm still right. Oh, you motherfucker. That's right. Yeah, but you've already said it, so it's too late. See, JJ was smart and just agreed with me because then, you know, he's right. He hops on board. Yeah. (laughs) Get on our level, shithead. He's going to be traded on Halloween. That's my bold prediction. That's a good one. While at the wing, like, Halloween party. Where he's dressed up as a competent hockey player. <laughs> right. Uh, Everybody's uh, dressed up like Roman senators, and he's Julius Caesar. And he's like, hey, guys, what's going on? I hope. I, I honestly hope every year he dresses up like like a, just a Kindle Fire tablet. <laughs> Forever, every year. <laughs> he just owns it. I agree. <laughs> Screw it, I'm a Kindle. What are you guys going to ask for Halloween? Anything? Um, I haven't decided yet. I, I, I don't want to say it on air because I'm a piece of shit. So. Oh, Eric oh, and I are gonna, going to the mask and Cameron Diaz, and he's going to shave and look very pretty. So that's really exciting. So you're the mask and he's Cameron Diaz. I'm the mask and he's Cameron Diaz. Nice. <laughs> ah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I think my so all my kids are going out and they are all going out as frozen characters. My oldest is Elsa, of course. My middle one is Anna, and my youngest is Olaf. And I have been told that I am Kristoff. So I don't know what that means. I guess I guess it just means I'll just wear like a winter coat or and gloves and a hat. I'm like, yeah, I'm Kristoff. <laughs> yeah, you just got to You know what you got to do? You know what you got to do, Graham? You just got to let it go. 
Uh, I, mean, I hate who I, I hate who I am. That sucks. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, singing that in in JJ's minivan with his kid. Yeah, right outside the Red how Robin. Many, that was a how many good kids do you guys have collectively? Because it's insane. I can't keep track. There's a new baby uh, every time. Six total. <laughs> yeah, six total. Oh my. <laughs> Starting line. Unless Jeff's got some knuckle babies running around, which I w- wouldn't surprise me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's six, uh, and five of them are, are girls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel so sorry for you guys. Thank you. you uh, so far, it's a lot of fun. Oh no, I'm sure it's fun now. <laughs> yeah. It, it's fun until I until until I come to the realize that. Yeah, I came to the, the realization that my kids at the same time are going to be sixteen, fifteen, and eleven. So, uh, yeah, ten, <laughs> 10 years from now, not going to be so fun. That'll be fine. Because I will move out, yes, but, yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> All the swinging bachelor pad, even though I'll still be married, because I told my wife, I'm like, hey, I'm, we're still married, so, you know, no men in the house. But, um, you know, I'll come by every once in a while, you know, so the kids remember what I look like. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to be here full time. No, you, you couldn't be. That's a, that's I think we're. Right. I'm not going to move out. I'm just going to get a job that travels. So. I think Perfect. Emma is going to be Anna or Elsa. We've got a dress. I don't, I don't remember which one. Ellie's going to be a pirate, and Nick is going to be. I don't know what the hell Nick's going to be. Just put him in a potato sack or something. Yeah, just dress <laughs> him up. It'll be fine no matter what. Perfect. Other uh, hockey-related things. We've we've hit uh, 90 minutes now. We we scheduled it for two hours just in case, but uh, I think we're we're in a good spot to wrap it up. I'm pretty much taxed. I mean, I'm just ready for I'm just ready for puck drop, man. Let's just get it on the road. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. ready to, to to watch some actual games and uh, you know kind of let all the summer stuff and all that just be finally over and just you know get back into the season. Yeah, right. I'm ready. I'm ready for the season. Except I will never want to let go of the pictures of Zetterberg, like with the fire hose on his. Crotch. Oh baby! Oh, it's, oh baby! It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Almost as good as Riley Sheehan with a puppy. Oh yeah, no, okay, yeah, you killed me. They'll kill me. I saw that and I was like, oh man, I think I like. I think I like boys. That's okay. We yeah, I know. There's nothing wrong with that. You guys are whatever. All right. I I honestly don't have anything that I could uh, add that would make the end of this conversation any better. Yeah. <laughs> this was a good podcast. This was fun. I agree, yeah. We're uh, we're good at this. Yeah. Yeah, we're okay. Yeah, fine. <laughs> it is also dollar beer night at the bar, like, a couple miles from my house, so. I'll I'll be right there. Yeah. All right. See you guys soon. Tell us when they get uh, two for one daiquiris. Oh, daiquiris! Oh, oh baby! Daiquiris. I will also <laughs> come to the Troy for daiquiris. <laughs> All right. So we'll go ahead and right, sign off. Right. Let's uh, let's say goodbye, Kyle. Let's go goodbye. Red Wings. All right. Yeah. Go Wings. All right, guys. Go. Yep. Bye, everybody. Let's go Red All Wings. Right. We're gonna win tomorrow. Winging it.